0: You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. Awesome. So good to be here this morning. Father God, the dearest of cry in my heart is that we become more like you. That we get to do what it is that you've called us to do and that we absolutely love it and revel it and enjoy it and make the most of it and this morning everything that I say that it's not of you won't you blow it away in the wind everything that I say that it is of you won't you allow it to be able to be knitted into our, our, our spirit and our desire to become more like you in your beautiful name amen. amen do we need to put the heaters on no no good if I put the heaters on my Botox melts so, and those of you who are online, gang, my goodness, you should get a refund. <laughs> Leanne, you laughed a little bit too loud at that one. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Fantastic. Really, 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 really good. Fantastic. So, what am I going to be sharing on this morning? You know. Discipleship. Discipleship. Discipleship? What did you say? You know. Enoch. Enoch, almost, <laughs> Philip? Philip, yes, Enoch, yeah, yeah, Philip. the eunuch, Amir, what are you after, oh okay, open the window, fantastic, okay, I'll leave you too, so I'm going to carry on talking about discipleship, so, so why discipleship, I put nothing better to talk on, no, I'm only joking, As I spend more and more time with people, I realize that actually discipleship is crucial to uh, us maturing. Discipleship is absolutely vital to us becoming more like Jesus. We can do so many things. We can study so many things. We can dive into so many things. But if we want to become more like Jesus, and that's the mandate of heaven, that we become more like Jesus, then discipleship for me is the key way to be able to, to do it as I'll be focusing on discipleship. Going back to Acts 8. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go down south to the road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. He met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch, of great authority under the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and now he was returning. So the, so this eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to go and worship, gone to go and find God, and now he was returning, and he was confused, and he had not had an encounter with God we have people who go to church who go to synagogues who go to places who go to conferences who go everywhere they can do the right things but not have an encounter and this man was desperate for his encounter and Philip heard God when God said to Philip I want you to go down that dirty dusky road and then you think why on earth should I go down there it makes no sense for me to go down there but we are obedient so No, sometimes it's a case, like I know Alison says, you know, if you really hear Holy Spirit do something, but sometimes we just do it. You know, and it doesn't always have to to make sense. And Holy Spirit (laughs) says to go down that road and you'll see somebody driving along. I want you to go up alongside him. I want you to walk with him. I want you to hear what he says. And the sum total of that is he will have an encounter with God. And then he will say, I want to be baptized. I don't want to just get wet. I want to be emerged into a new way. I want to be emerged into encounter. I want to be emerged into an experience with God. And Philip baptized him on the side of the road. He didn't go to baptism foundations. He didn't go to baptism 101 and baptism 202 and baptism 303. It wasn't his sixth baptism. It was his authentic baptism. He came into an encounter and said, I haven't had an encounter. I want to be immersed in this beautiful thing of a relationship with Jesus. And so he gets baptized. And as soon as Philip's assignment and mission was done, he zaps away and he reappears in another place. And throughout Acts, we have so many stories about all the believers gathered, all the believers prayed, all the believers met, all the believers had food together. If it was in South Africa, we'd all have a bride together. And we would drink together and we'd party. And all the believers came together. And then suddenly in Acts 8 it says, And everyone did everything together, and then as for Philip, and the book of Acts becomes personal. And my encouragement for every one of us is how do we take this and how do we take it from the all? i not say we bypass the all, but over and above the all and through the all and from the all and the sum total of the all is that we are able to allow that to overflow through our lives personally. In Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, and Jesus came and told the disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And he told this to his disciples, Jesus said to his disciples, Jesus said to those who are following him, not to people who had been to church, to people who had read the book, to people who had jumped through the hoops. He said to those of you who are following me, I give you all authority in heaven and on earth it wasn't a voucher you don't just scan this code and get something because you are following jesus because you are having this relationship because you are doing what he did you get to have the inheritance and the fruit and the benefit of what he gives you it's the benefit of the relationship he says i give you all authority in heaven and on earth Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples, and surely I am with you to the ends of the age. Friends, I dream about a real-life family that carry a power, an authority, a redemptive character of family. Where people come in and cannot but be changed. Where people come in and cannot have the encounter and environment that Liam and Lynette were sharing about this morning. When people come into your presence or you go into your, their presence, there should be such an, an, a, a, a power and a leaking and a dripping and a residual anointing that when you leave the supermarket, the, 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 the sales go up. Why? Because something in heaven has taken place in that supermarket i shared about the rhythms of how discipleship works that discipleship is living a new way discipleship is doing something different discipleship is being able to do friendship and kingdom and outreach and walking and talking in a totally different way we need to understand the nuances and the rhythms of what it is that god has called us to we have to get onto the flow we can't always be be in a i have this illustration in my mind of a of a of an orchestra and we want to be part of the orchestra that, that, and drum to the same beat and make music together and it doesn't help if you're always out of kilter and you're always out of sync and yet you want to have the benefit of being immersed immersed into something I start to speak about connections when I talk discipleship I talk about connections and if rhythms is the pulse of my life then connections are the who in my life And I think one of the things that I invest in the most is relationships. The thing I give myself to the most is people. And there's a reason for that. Even though I might forget some birthdays, I try to remember most birthdays. Why? Because there's an element of relationship that takes place. I try to make sure I spend my time with people as much as I possibly can. And part of discipleship is an invitation to come into this new family, a family called church, a family of kingdom, a family of heaven. Ecclesiastics 4.12. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands cannot be broken. And friends, we often use the scripture when we do weddings. We often use the scripture with, with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We we often use the scripture in different contexts, but I want you to say this morning that the strand of three that cannot be broken is you and God and His kingdom family, which is called church. If you have a relationship with God, if you are in, if you have Holy Spirit, understand your identity, and you are immersed in a kingdom culture and a family called church, those three strands cannot be broken. Why? because there's power, there's authenticity, and there is accountability, and this is what God has called us to do. This is the pattern, this is the blueprint of what God has called of us. And friends, if we understand authority, and if we understand our mandate, and if we understand our power, and if we understand our identity, you cannot but grow. You cannot but mature. As we have people say to me, "But I'm not growing. I'm not maturing. I, I, I'm just doing the same thing I did last year." Okay, but what one of those things is missing? Are you understanding your identity and all that God has called you to and all that you are in him? It's not just what God has called you to as in a futuristic thing. It's, no, it's because God has called you to have all the authority and make disciples of all nations and to baptize them and to go and do, and to go do the way. And let's be able to understand that the accountability in the family is the safety that I have to be able to, to grow. Friends, there is a king. And most people say, yes, there is a king, but they don't understand that because there is a king, there is a kingdom way. There is a way of the kingdom, there is a sovereign way of doing things. We can't say, well, I understand there's, there, there, there's a prison, but I'm not gonna obey the laws of the land. Or I understand that there's a, there's a family unit, and I wanna be part of the family unit, but I'm not gonna do, do what it says. There is a king, and we submit to the king, we gave our life to Jesus. We said, Jesus, won't you take my life and have it all? And the beauty of that is I get to have it all. But sometimes we keep on saying terms and conditions apply and we get frustrated and we get put out. We don't experience the benefits and the power and the privilege of being part of his family. We need to become more like Jesus. And you will become more like Jesus if we submerse ourselves into the way that he's called us to do. Because it's an environment of rhythms and connections that transform us. There are people that just have rhythm. There are people that go, it's just me, Jesus and me, I'm good. I've got a rhythm. I've got a flow. I've got something. I know how to pray. I know how to read the scripture. I know how to read my Bible. I have a quiet time every day. I even feed the poor. Jesus and me, that's okay. And they have a rhythm of doing things. And the reality is just you and Jesus can only take you so far. Jesus doesn't serve us to get into heaven, although that sounds nice. We like the fact that we saved, and therefore we're going to be, end up in heaven. But Jesus saves us into family. Jesus saves us into relationships. Into relationship with Father, Son, and Himself, and into relationship with one another. <laughs> you know, the reality. if you, if, you know, even leading a church, and I'm sure most of you re- will relate to this, but the reality is, it would be so much easier if we met Jesus, and the next minute we were just zapped up into heaven. And it was like, ish You know, and then... But, but imagine the outreach okay fine we're going to take a bus to outreach we're going to take a bus there I, I, I need a bicycle to come home you know but the reality is we don't get saved because of the destination we get saved into family the reality is we have to put up with one another that's why the scripture is like iron sharpening iron and we grow and we mature because we have to put up with one another i wish the church was full of perfect people Often people tell me that the, the church has hurt them. And more time I spend with people that aren't involved with fellowship, who are distanced or frustrated with church, oh no, the church hurt people. The reality is church can't hurt people. People hurt people. Yeah. You know, you get hurt by a person. You don't get hurt by a logo or a business card or a something. People hurt people. Church doesn't hurt people. And it's when people get out of sync and out of rhythm and lose connection where those hurts happen And those hurts manifest and people become isolated and lonely and frustrated. And the rhythm with our connection is spiritual isolation. And people stop growing. And there are people who love connections. There are people who just charismatic type people but don't do the hard work of tucking into relationships. And sometimes we are so able sometimes so easy for us to enable this. It's too easy to get addicted to connections sometimes it's easy to get a rah-rah from the people around us but we don't do the deep work of building into Jesus and we develop this unhealthy codependency on people. People who are addicted to connections and people who are addicted to conferences. There are too many people in my mind that are just addicted to conferences and not to connections that Jesus has called them to. And when we, connected, when we are, 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 are have an addiction to conferences or, or just unhealthy connections, there's no authentic transformation, maturity, and growth in one's life. And the frustration for me is sometimes if we are just so addicted to the people and so addicted to conferences and don't have the authentic connections in a local church it becomes easy to expect something from those people than it is to expect something from Jesus. And then you get frustrated because you're not getting what you need because what you're needing, you're trying to find in an unhealthy connection or a conference instead of learning how to get it directly from Jesus himself. And then people get bitter and frustrated. They have their noses put out of joint because they feel unfulfilled, but they're not being fulfilled by what they should be. And that is getting things from Jesus. And then the frustrating thing for me is that people then sow what they have, what they get from a crowd, and they go, I'm going to sow this. I want to take you to conferences. I want to take you to the next best thing. It's just saying, I want to take you to Jesus. I want to take you to kingdom. I want to take you and introduce you not to a conference connection, business type culture, but I want to take you not to those cultures and connections and things like that. I want to take you to the king himself. And I think most people leave the church out of hurts and frustrations. And even if they think they leave healthy, they li- I believe often people live in denial where people leave because they're hurt with people because they've developed an unhealthy relationship rather than a healthy one with King Jesus inside his family. And that's the way that he's called it to, to be. Because we come to community to get something too often. Rather than coming to community because we have something to give and the reality is if you are spiritual if you are a believer even if you've been a believer for like one minute you have something to give why because jesus and holy spirit all authority in heaven and on earth is in you you have something to give it's a healthy definition of a marriage a marriage is not two people coming together to be able to have the needs met It's to hold people coming into a relationship because they have something whole to give. Marriage isn't completing someone. And coming to faith isn't, and coming to church and being involved with connections isn't to come and complete someone. We complete because of what Jesus did. In marriage, we complete because of what Jesus did. So we bring our whole complete self into our marriages and to same in community. We should be able to arrive on a Sunday morning and say, I'm arriving complete and I have something to give. I have something to sow. I have something to share. That's why the testimony this morning was just so amazing and so beautiful. Because when you give, other people are able to say, actually, I received that too. I received the blessing that Leanne prayed over us this morning. I received the encouragement of, of, of testimony. And even this morning, I'm wanting us to just, you know, we have the beauty. Cornell and Henny are, have applied to adopt again. And the desire of their heart is that they get a baby boy. They want a baby boy that's younger than Blanche to be able to make their family complete. And so we have the privilege to be able to say, let's... Let's tangibly, actively draw alongside this amazing family and pray that the desire of their heart for their ability to adopt another child becomes true. We have the ability in our completeness to pray that their family becomes complete. To be able to do this together. Friends, there is a war for connection and discipleship is the rival war against the disconnected we contend for rhythms and connections and this morning it came through and I test me so often it's the environments and the environment is this the thing that God has done in me I'm learning to cultivate around me what has God done in you that you are going to cultivate around you I'm learning to take what God has produced in me, and I'm wanting to produce that around me. And it could be character. It could be joy. It could be identity. It could be goodness. It could be generosity. It could be cooking. I love, no, I know I'm never going to get underweight in this church. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing. We are a church where, where we understand the, the, the ability to be a blessing to those around you with, with regards to cooking, and hospitality, and administration, and prayer and support, and feeding the poor, what God has done in me, I'm wanting to reproduce around me. That's called maturity. Father God, won't you allow me to reproduce what you have done in me? The goal in following Jesus isn't heaven, it's maturity. The mature reproduce. If you are immature, you don't reproduce. And there should be something healthy about reproducing something. When I have a healthy relationship with Jesus, and surely I reproduce the character, the goodness, the, the faithfulness, the patience, the joy. People look at me and go, I want what you've got. I see something in you. I want it. And we're able to reproduce it. And it could be in business, it could be in marriage, it could be in family, it could be in your outlook, it could be in your character, it could be in your vocabulary, it could just be in your demeanor, in your thoughts, and how you say things, and the way that you respond to people. You know, I want Mark to reproduce, and John and Johan to reproduce the ability that grown men cry, that mature men cry. I'm, I'm longing for all of those. You know, to be. Even your hun reproducing a culture and doing the gardens this morning and just seeing the photographs of Brendan. You know, the, 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 the beauty of it, we've got a group of men in Canada who are now financially supporting the work that's taking place in, the, in, in, in M2 City. Where we are doing gardening and, 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 and reproducing the things that we've learned from Alex and around. And now there's a group of people overseas who say, we see what you're doing. We want to help you reproduce that. There is some, something so beautiful, and just to honor those who, who sacrificed and, and gave up dinner plans that they'd made on Thursday nights. we get a call from the hospital, our staff are overwhelmed, our staff are demotivated, our staff are, I'm trying to look at, find the correct words, when members of staff at Santon Hospital had passed away during the course of this week, and they phone us, and they say, well they phone Mark. And they say, Mark, ah, uh, we need you. We want you to come and reproduce what you've done in the past. Our staff need their arms to be lifted. Won't you come and worship with our staff? Won't you come and pray over our hospital? And within a, a day, we're able to grab a team together, set up our keyboards and mics and things and worship toys. And be able to go and reproduce something why because the maturity is we've learned and we've matured and we've grown through that by doing it in the past the call of your life is intentional discipleship if you don't know what the call over your life is come and speak to me i can give it to you in like less than 60 seconds it is so easy to understand the call on your life and then we can drill down to a whole lot of other things. That, but the call of your life is to be intentional, to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing the Lord, fostering the Holy Spirit, end of story. So let's go and do it. We don't need to, to hear Holy Spirit, to do what Holy Spirit has called us to do. Holy Spirit, allow me not to be selfish in my pursuit of discipleship. Too often the tragedy in the church is that we have people in the church who for years and years and years have been in the church and they are still fumbling over basic rhythms and basic connections. Almost everyone who leaves the church leaves in an immature manner because we haven't learned the rhythms and the maturity of connections and environments. And friends, I don't get it right. I'm not. I'm not saying this as a prophetic thing. I'm not saying this as a decree. I'm just saying it as this is Stu. I'm going to let most of you down sometime. I'm going to let most of you down this year. The more we spend time together, the more chance is I'm going to let you down. But the reality is in Holy Spirit, we get over it and we grow and we mature and we become stronger and we become better. If I haven't let you down yet, we probably aren't in the trenches long enough or often enough. But when we're at war together, when we contend together, when we're doing life together, when we really are doing family together, the reality is we let one another down. But the beauty of it is we stand up to fight another day. And too often we don't do that in church and in community. And friends, there are seasons where we may feel out of alignment. There are seasons where we feel out of kilter. In my marriage, there are days or moments or seconds when I'm out of kilt. And I know that because Addie tells me. You know, like, what's wrong with you? You aren't your happy, joyful self. There's something wrong. And now, having a, a home where you have like teenagers, and most of the people in my home are women, they tell me often, like, Stu, what's wrong with your emotions? Why are you sucky? Why are you grumpy? Why aren't you doing this? So I, I get it. But the reality is I go okay i'm I'm tired I'm frustrated, I'm grumpy, I just need to have a nap and I'll be better. I just need a hug and I'll be better now even even tracy you know I, I I battle with 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 space sometimes, so Tracy decided she's going to honor me by not hugging me and just like doing a a bump and everything and then this morning I was like Tracy came with a big hug and i I lifted her off her feet and I swung around. Like, I think Andrew's like, what on earth is going on here? You know, even seeing Damien this morning, I went in there for like full body contact with my hug with Damien this morning. Eventually, he's going past her. You might have skinny jeans, but this is awkward. You know, like hands off, you know. But it's about getting into the trenches together. It's about the dining room table together. It's about having somebody over for a coffee, for a meal. Taking somebody with you on outreach or to do something together. There's a worship leader of a church down the road. I can tell you when I'm off camera. Um, and like we've been, been connecting. And he's like, I want to spend some time with you. So I said, like, okay, fine, we'll, we'll spend some time. Meet me at my house. I think it was the one of the days that you were here, Mark. And so he comes to the house, okay, what are we going to do? So let's have a coffee and say, okay, what are we going to do now? Okay, okay, fine. We're going to start to like do drilling and put up TVs. And I'm I'm doing some handiwork around the house. So grab a screwdriver, grab grab a hammer and just walk with me. And as you walk up, it's like, is this what you used to do? You are the cheapest labor that I found (laughs) this week. One cup of coffee and you're doing DIY. You know, as I said, what are we going to do, do next week? I don't know. We might go to pick and pay. You know, i, I do the shopping in this house, so next time you're around, baby, we'll go do, do shopping together. But that's doing life together, inviting one another into, into our homes, doing things properly. I think some people think they're called to business. Okay, I'm going to give you a heads up. Trick question. I'm setting you up for failure. How many <laughs> of you feel that you're called to business? Okay, like, I, I, Leanne, I can see that you are grinning like a Cheshire cat, you know. It's like, I am, but I don't want to put my hand up. Okay, you know, the reality is none of you are called to business. How many of you think you're called to government? Now you're nervous. No, how many, th- how many of you are called to health How many of you are called to church? Keep your hands down, there, keep your hands down, there. wrong answer, sir. You know, none of us are called to business, none of us are called to government, none of us are called to church, we are called to people. And the vehicle that we use may be government, it may be business, it may be healthcare, but I'm called to people, That I'm called to Jesus 101, we are called to go and make disciples. And where we make disciples and how we make disciples and when we make disciples might be university, business and The testimonies all come, but the testimonies we can this morning, uh, and 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 I don't want to mention company names on on But the testimonies this morning were that those businesses are flourishing. Why? Because we recognise we are called to people. We are doing something by according to people, and when we are called to people and we are making disciples, and suddenly prayer meetings start, budgets budgets are exceeded, shops and and things are blessed. But we're not called to business. We're called to people. And the people I'm called to just happen to be in business. Sometimes we get it mixed up, but the reality is we are called to people full stop. There's just nothing more to it than that. And as you walk down your road in your sphere of influence, we get to create environments. Lynette, you were saying so beautifully this morning, you are, by your own admission, love shopping. And so you have this whole environment, you have a whole load of environments, but the beauty is you engage with people. I love the fact that there's a a Woolworths down the road in that direction, and you walk in there and all the management know your name. I know that at Adams, everybody knows your name. There's lots of, you know, but but the reality is it's because you have a relationship with people and we have a relationship with people The benefit and the fruit of heaven in those businesses transform. I can labor that for, for a lot longer in the church we have followers of Jesus who have never followed Jesus because they don't go beyond the rhythm and the connection to the environment that Jesus hangs around at. Emil, I love the fact, Johan, I love the fact that even Hooters is one of our environments and I was happy to say that online so even my mom knows I go to Hooters now. I love the fact, why? Because we engage with people it just so happens to be where we're going to go and make disciples of all nations. I think one of the, the most difficult things that I started this year with is my son Alexander beat me in squash when we we're still on, and, and it's still the first week of of, of holidays in Schlangen and Alexander beat me at squash as the first time he's ever beat me and now I realize actually my son is now taller than me, my son is stronger than me, my son can beat me, and in, in squash. The reality is, if Alexander had stopped growing, had stopped maturing, if he remained stunted, some people would have come to me and said, Stu, you have a problem. Something is wrong. Nobody in the past year has called me aside and said, Stu, you have a problem. Your son is maturing. Your son is growing. Your son is becoming a man. Nobody flags that as something weird or abnormal. Nobody says to me, Stuart, I'm so proud of your daughters. I see them growing into amazing young ladies. I see them maturing. I see the way they hold their I see the way they are doing life. Nobody says there's a problem. But if things don't happen, if people and our children, those around us, don't mature, then people around us call us and say, Actually, there needs to be something, there needs to be intervention. There's something wrong. But somehow in the, in the church, there is this opposite thing that happens. In the church, we get people who don't mature year after year, and we, don't, and we ignore it. We kind of feel it's acceptable never to mature in a church context. In a church, you can learn to never prophesy, never grow, never mature, never pray, never grow up, never hear God, never write a new song, never... Do a prophetic word, never take Holy Spirit into business, never trust for the supernatural, never take ownership of your own prophetic word, never ask God for a word for your own. You always just go to a conference or so somebody else to be able to get a word because you can't hear God on your own. In the church, it's one of the few families or environments where people don't have to mature and we still think it's okay to have stunted growth five years later. Why? Very good, eh? We should be able to hold one another to come. We should be able to say, bro, You are just not maturing. I see you doing the same mistakes, doing the same things year after year. Guys, you are still addicted to boob. I mean bottle. You are still addicted to the bottle. You are still on milk. Some of you are a bit slow in the back there. You still want the bottle and you still want milk. Sometimes we need to have those iron shop, the iron conversations. When last did you baptize somebody? When last did you encourage somebody? When last did you give a prophetic word at a supermarket? Oh, I want to go down there. Your identity is still overshadowed by your worldly beliefs. We have a new identity, but sometimes we just need to get rid of the old habits. And the reality is those habits can be broken. And as soon as we break the old habits, we start to live in our new identity, in the fullness of our new identity. Sometimes we settle, if you just rock up for church, it's good enough. No, rocking up for church shouldn't be good enough. I want to see you grow. I want to see you mature. I want to see you thrive. I want to see you do well. I really, really do. There needs to be more accountability between friends. I love it. that even I, I love the fact that you guys just take over my home. Tracy, you're a star. Mark, even this morning, we got no electricity. I'm here in front and electricity comes on, the alarm is going off, the things aren't being done, and people are mature enough to go and just make a plan and get things to happen. Friends, it's easy to be a it's easier to be a believer than it is to be a disciple. I can believe in something and never do anything about it. I can believe in the saving the planet. I can believe in going green. But if I do nothing about it, it's actually still quite easy. And sometimes you need people to help you. You know, my, my sister is here on holiday. You, you met her last week and she is into greed and she saves the planet, she doesn't eat beef and she does all those strange things. And you know, like really, I don't know what, how you can trust beef that is made in a factory. And then like about two years ago, she like, Stu, how can you say that you believe in the environment and you want to save the planets and things like that but you do nothing about it? So she went out and bought me a recycling bin And recycling this and now we recycle everything we've got the worm farm game we've got the compost game I've got the plastics I've got the bottles I've got everything and it's so joyful when she comes back this year and she just sees all recycling happening I can believe I'm powerful And live as an orphan I can believe I'm part of a family and not feel connected but friends sometimes we need to have the honest conversations And sometimes we should be able to have people challenge us or or, or challenge one another. Sometimes the most loving thing we can do for our friends is to challenge them. When I see people not living up to their full potential, who claim to be disciples, who claim to be leaders, but don't live like that. They've learned the art of being connected through faking it rather than making it. But there's a lack of authentic transformation happening there's a lack of healthy spiritual environment that has been changed where you become the thermometer and not the thermostat where you just reflect what is currently happening rather than changing the things around you there's some time we need to have the hard talk to challenge those around us with growth and maturity friends it's not a shame thing it's an accountability thing it's a loving thing i hold my children to account babe you can do better you are called to so much more than this how can i get you to study to how can i provide extra lessons for you so that you can be more how can i provide something for you so that you can end up becoming more than you can begin to dream or imagine and so we do things like at our table where you get the opportunity to spend two nights sitting around Mark and Candace's table and for them to be able to speak into your lives and to be able to show you so that you can become more. That is loving. That is accountability. Where we hold one another to account to the good things that God has in your, love, in your life. When you said yes to following Jesus, you said yes to giving him your whole life. Maybe this morning you should take some of that back. The reality is, you gave your life to Jesus. I didn't give your life to Jesus. Now, sometimes you get miff with me because things aren't going well in your life. And you're like, dude, I didn't give your life to Jesus. You gave it all to Jesus. I'm just believing what you did, and I'm trusting for the fruit of what you did. Now, if you weren't serious, if you were conned into it, then maybe just be real this morning and say, "I was conned into giving my life to Jesus. I'm happy to take it back right now." Or say, actually, I want to give my life to Jesus because I want the fullness of everything that Jesus has for me. But sometimes we just need to have those real conversations. I'm happy just to turn up. I'm happy to be on bottle. I'm happy to be on milk. I'm just happy for this stage of my life. But then don't expect so much more. Or say, actually, this morning, Stu, I'm reminding myself that I gave my whole life to Jesus. I want everything that He has for me, I might not have arrived, and I'm saying I haven't arrived. There's just so much where I need to grow and mature and and understand so much more. But I'm saying this morning, Jesus, I gave You my life. I'm reminding myself this morning that I gave it all to You. I want to have Your rhythms, Holy Spirit. I want to have Your connections that bring out the best in me. I'm wanting to develop an environment around me so that I can experience so much more. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that I don't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be about wise and persuasive words. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've called me to go and be, make disciples of all nations. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've called me to go and do the most amazing things. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have called me to people, that you've called me to friends, and you have put friends around me. Jesus, I did give you my life. I'm reminding myself of that now. Sometimes I, I want the terms and conditions to apply, but I know that you love me enough to give me grace in those areas and those places where I'm wrestling and battling. Friends, vulnerability is being able to be honest with Father. Vulnerability is being able to say, Father, you gave it to me, you gave everything to me at the moment, I just don't feel it. I'm burnt out, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. The reality is I don't want to do another thing. But won't you help me grow and mature? Lord, don't compare me to anybody else and help me not to compare myself to anybody else. I just want to compare myself to how you see me. And this morning I'm wanting to see myself as you see me. I want you to go where you set me. It's okay if I'm not there yet. It's okay if I don't have all my stuff together. Because Jesus, you and me, we can do this. And you've put people around me, called a church and a community, and we can do this together. This morning, friends, is the beginning of us overcoming. This morning is the beginning of the rest of our lives. And when we can get some of this right, we will see so much more. If we get discipleship right, we will see testimonies flow. If we develop a love for people and for the rhythm and the way and the connection, the environment that the Holy Spirit has for us, I promise you, you will see signs, wonders, and miracles. You will see joy and happiness and fulfillment like you've never seen before. I guarantee it. How can I guarantee it? Because it's the promise. Of father god you are mine i love you won't you go and make disciples of all those around you and i will give you all authority and all power father i want that authority and power and therefore i choose to go and make disciples of all nations baptized in the name of the father son and holy spirit And you know what that means I get to have more coffee. I get to hang around with more people. I get to play squash. I get to go to hooters. I get to go and hang around with the prostitutes in Hillbrow. I get to go and feed the people at M1 and M2 City. I get to go and hang around with the people in Alexander. I get to hang around with you. I love my life most of the time. And every time I don't, I'm reminded of the privilege we have of doing life together. Won't you stand with me, please? I'm just pressing pause because I feel like I should do something, but I don't know what to do. I feel there needs to be a response. Well, I just thank God for this word. I thank God for the stirring. I give you praise, Lord. I pray that this will sink deep into me and bear fruit, this beautiful message that we've got straight from you, Lord. I give you honor. I give you praise, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for you, for what you are. And I thank you, Lord, that I'm different. And I thank you, Lord, that Mm. I do it my way and your way. Mm. We give you praise. We give you honor, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. Lord. Thank you, Father. All of us give you praise. Yes, yes. Lord. Thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you for you, you can use we do, do Lord. Us, Lord. we do, Lord. Make us disciples, Lord, and yeah. making more disciples. Lord. Mm. Thank, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask that we have a moment of honesty just between you and yourself between you and God and why don't you just spend a moment with Holy Spirit and you go Holy Spirit this is where I am it's the reality of where I am but this morning I want to recommit to where you're taking me because yeah. you know best not where Stu's taking you Not where real life is taking you, but my personal belief is that God will take you to where he's taking you with his family. But Father, as a group of friends and as each person personally responds to you, I thank you for the beauty of the corporate. Mm. That together we can go do the most amazing things. Mm. Father, I long for signs, wonders, miracles. I want us to levitate. I want water to turn to wine. I want all of those things. But more than that, I want people to come to faith. More than that, I want to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them so that they can have an encounter with you. Oh, Holy Spirit, let us become a group of friends where encounters with you are the highlight of our weeks of our days but father god even in this family allow us the vulnerability Mm. and the tenderness to be honest when we don't feel like when we don't feel it let's not fake it but let's just be real Mm. but committed to growth and maturity Mm. and solidness in your beautiful name Mm. and all the saints said amen Amen. 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 and glory. Thank you. Thank you for listening.